they done did it now. Seth Rollins has finally turned heel officially. Rey Mysterio defends his United States Championship in the main event. Plus, I got you some TLC predictions. The first official WWE Hall of Fame inductees have been announced. I got your Monday Night Raw review right here. Plus wrestling news and much, much more on the Highlight Red. Wow. Oh, this is the first time so far that I've been doing this podcast for about a month now. Close to it, if not a month, close to it. This is the first time, ladies and gentlemen, that I don't even know what to say. (laughs) I really, I'm speechless. I really don't know what to say. You know, I, I wrote that little intro right there trying to hype up this episode of Highlight Reel, man, but... Monday Night Raw was grade A hot garbage. I mean, the kind of garbage that been sitting out in the sun and it's got that uh, larva. You know what I'm saying? Them little worms growing up in there. The trash man ain't come yet. Skip the day. Perhaps it was Memorial Day or some shit. And now the, the garbage is just rank, right? It's just stinky. It's stank. You pass by it. You kind of vomit inside. I mean, that was Monday Night Raw. You ever ever go to Taco Bell, man? (laughs) You ever go to Taco Bell and you just sit in there eating with your boys, with your goons, or with your girl, perhaps. Whatever the situation may be. Or you roll solo dolo. You at Taco Bell just eating there, solo dolo. And you just finish eating your little steak quesadilla or your Mexican pizza or your chalupa or whatever. Whatever choice of goods you get from Taco Bell and suddenly nature calls. You you get that itch to go use the restroom. And so you go into the restroom, man, and immediately upon entering the bathroom, you're just hit with a foul stench of that classic Taco Bell diarrhea shit. That was Monday Night Raw. You want to talk about chores? <laughs> I'd rather wash my dishes and do loads of laundry and clean my room than watch this episode of Raw. Unfortunately, I had all those other chores already done. That's already checked off my list of chores. Wow. And and this is TLC build, y'all. This was the go-home show for the TLC pay-per-view. I'm just like, wow. Speechless. Speechless. The, the show opened up with Lana, man, um, and Rusev for their little divorce segment. Jerry the King Lawler was standing in the ring. He was, I guess, <laughs> overseeing the proceeding. Why, why, why is Jerry the King Lawler overseeing divorce contract proceedings? Why? Because he got experience in divorces, so that makes him, you know, credible. That makes him worthy of this job. I mean... That already, I mean, oh man, I, I don't even know. I'm nerd raging, bro. I'm, I'm nerd raging. I'm triggered. <laughs> I'm like a Star Wars fan who's seen the latest trailer for the Star Wars movie. That that one dude that was crying on Twitter. <laughs> Actually, I think he was crying because it looked so good, though. But I'm, I'm crying for the opposite. This show was just terrible, man. Terrible. And the other, the last few Raws I reviewed prior to this one were actually kind of decent. Especially the go-home for Survivor Series. Now that was a pay-per-view to see. Anyway, man. I digress. Jerry Lawler's in the ring. Lana, Rusev eventually make their ways out as well. You know, Lana comes out to the ring with her quote-unquote lawyer. Just some schmuck from New York. Or wherever they were at tonight. Um, Rusev, he comes out grinning. And he come out to a mild pop. The fans were chanting Rusev Day. So, hey, man, like, like I said before, this angle is silly. It's ridiculous. It's redonkulous. But it is getting Rusev over, it seems to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
Lana was nagging. She was hooting and hollering about Rusev being selfish and basically being an asshole overall. While Rusev was sitting there in that chair looking kind of indifferent. You know, um, Rusev was basically like, yeah, I'm done with you. You know, you could keep hooting and hollering, but I'm done with you. Lana says she's going to keep the dog. That's when Rusev finally... You know, seemed to care a little bit more. He was like, "Nah, that's my dog. That was a that was a present. <laughs> that's my dog." So they were arguing over a goddamn dog, man, on national TV. Who gets to keep the dog? This is this is this is a good old good wholesome American television. Two couples, or uh, two people in a in a damaged couple about a divorce, arguing over who gets to keep the goddamn dog. Like, yeah, yeah, we really want to watch that. I could just see some. You know, John Doe coming home from a hard day's work, man. Turns on Monday Night Raw. And this is what he's watching. <coughs> a grown man and a grown female arguing about who gets to keep the dog. Lashley ultimately comes out to the ring. And he proclaims that after this divorce is finalized, he's going to ask Lana to marry him. And Rusev, he says, hey, man, she's all yours. You could have her. <laughs> you could have Lana. Eventually, they would begin to brawl. Rusev does a belly-to-belly suplex on the table to close the segment. That was a random kind of move to do for Rusev. I don't—I mean, I don't often see Rusev doing a belly-to-belly suplex. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I guess um, he had to resort to that since he doesn't have a traditional like finisher that's that's suitable for a table spot. Because you know, we know that Rusev's finisher is a camel clutch. I believe, um, I forgot what they call it, the, the Rusev crush or some shit, I don't know, um, he does a super kick as well, which I, I suppose that's maybe not a finisher, but it's like a setup, I don't know, um, nonetheless, um, that was that, man, I'm, I'm just gonna move on, this was terrible, Lana was screaming, hooting and hollering, it was annoying, I, I wanted to mute the laptop, I, I watched Raw on my laptop, I, I really wanted to mute it, um, Nonetheless, we cut to a backstage interview with Kevin Owens. He tells Charlie Caruso, who's looking fly as usual. Um, you know, he's, he, he says, you know what, Charlie? I gotta go. I'm gonna go find AOP. So Kevin walks by uh, Ray Ray. You know, he's walking backstage and he walks by Ray Ray. And Ray Ray says, the homie's got your back, Kev. And Kevin Owens says, you know what? I need to deal with this by myself, but I appreciate it. And then Ray says, nah, hold up. I mean, the homie's got your back as he pulls out a lead pipe the same lead pipe that he used against Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series I mean even though it didn't really get him anywhere he still lost the match but nonetheless I guess he feels that that lead pipe can even the odds for Kevin Owens against the AOP so Kevin Owens would retrieve the lead pipe Matt Hardy has a match with Drew McIntyre and you know Drew Drew um comes out and rips on on Matt Hardy before the match even starts he says you know they have a congratulations on your newborn baby and rips on his baby says he's cross-eyed and he says but you know what I'm allow you Matt to walk out of this in one piece so you can hold your baby and enjoy yourself Matt Hardy would slap him across the face he did a twist of fate but to no avail Drew McIntyre it would overcome all of this he did his his nasty knife edge chops. I said it in, in my most recent podcast. Drew McIntyre has the best knife edge chop in the business. Even Matt Hardy who was wearing a t-shirt. You could still hear what sounds like gunshots. Every time Drew McIntyre hits him with that knife edge chop. Excellent, excellent knife edge chop there by Drew McIntyre. Who's just a phenomenal worker. This cat right here, Drew McIntyre. He needs to be a top guy right now. He is a top guy undisputed he is he's just not being used right it's, it's like i said before it's a travesty that drew mcintyre hasn't won the top strap this guy is is a monster you know what i mean he hit he hit matt hardy with the claymore kick for the win and i gotta say man matt hardy he's he's on his way out of wwe uh, that's pretty clear it, it's pretty obvious watching he's been doing the job week after week he put over buddy murphy last week you know what I'm saying? And, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that was actually his first match back in WWE in quite some time. So we see how Matt Hardy is um, exiting WWE, you know, doing his job, man. But um, 
They're really kind of burying him on his way out. You feel me? Nonetheless, we have a series of backstage segments. Charlotte um, basically attempts to form an alliance with Becky Lynch, who refuses. You know, they both acknowledge that they don't like each other. But basically, Charlotte says, hey, the Kabuki Warriors, they're the bigger problem right now. Let's, let's, let's get them. Becky Lynch declines. And that's, you know, just a little more seasoning to the, to the pot for Becky's match later on with the Kabuki Warriors. Kevin Owens is once again seeing his, his continuing his search for the AOP backstage. He runs into Mojo Raleigh, who's just randomly standing backstage, of course. Um, you know, and, and Mojo Raleigh trolls him. He says, oh yeah, I, I saw the AOP go that way. And then he, he grins and says, no, 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 hold up. No, no, they went that way. Points the opposite direction. This would go on again until Kevin Owens slapped him right across the face and says, well, you just went that way. <laughs> that was actually a cool a cool spot. You know, Kevin Owens deserves better than this. Like, really, he deserves better than Monday Night Raw. I, I really thought Triple H was recruiting Kevin Owens to go back to NXT during that whole Survivor Series buildup with the NXT invasion. But unfortunately, Kevin Owens is shackled here on Raw, and it's a shame. Because just look at this show, man. This show is terrible. Kevin Owens, he deserves better than to be on Monday Night Raw. As well as Drew McIntyre, for that matter. Nonetheless, the Viking Raiders come out. They basically set up an open challenge. Out comes the Street Profits. And, and I, this was, I thought, would be a highlight. I thought this was going to be a high point of the night. I got excited when I see the Street Profits. Except, guess what? This ended up being basically a squash match. I mean, I mean, Dawkins and, and Montez Ford, they got a little offense in, man. You know, Dawkins hit a spear. Ford did a six swanton dive out the ring. But to no avail, you know, the Viking Raiders, they worked them over. Ivar hit a six springboard double elbow, you know, on both of them cats. And um, Viking Raiders pick up a strong, dominant win, man. And I'm surprised to see Street Profits getting getting sold out like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, really, WWE is just whoring them around to sell WWE merchandise on WWEshop.com. And, and they're, apparently, they're being whored out to promote the pay-per-view now as well, which I'll talk about later on. This isn't their first appearance on this show. It's absolutely sickening, man. Absolutely sickening. The way Street Profits... The Street Profits are a joke. They're a joke. It's official. And I'll get into why later on, because this isn't the last time we see them. Nonetheless, Viking Raiders and Street Profits, they do a fist bump after the match. Um, Seth Rollins comes out during their little, you know, buddy-buddy get-together. And, and both teams just exit the ring in disgust. Seth Rollins, he calls out the AOP. And um, Kevin Owens comes out. And he says, you know what, I'm ready to take on all three of y'all. Because I know you're linked with the AOP, Rollins. And Seth Rollins continues to deny it. He says, look, man, the AOP are about to come down to the ring and kick your ass. And it has nothing to do with me, man. And, and they continue to bicker about it back and forth about whether Seth is aligned with them or not. And Seth's, Seth claims he's going to leave. He says, you know what? I'm leaving. And, and I have nothing to do with this. That, that, you, you, made, you made your bed. Now you're going to sleep in it. And Seth leaves. AOP appear in Trump speaking in their native tongue. Kevin Owens replies, all very strong points. I can't argue with any of them. So it's kind of funny, man. That made me laugh. A wild Sami Zayn appeared, flanked by Mojo Raleigh. This was kind of surprising. Sami Zayn is a SmackDown competitor. You know, what? What that really, um, once again, the WWE draft <laughs> basically was worthless completely. Um, Sami claims, hey, I can appear on both brands because I've got a managerial license. Yeah. That makes sense, huh? <laughs> anyway, um, he says, what you did to Mojo Raleigh backstage was way out of line, Kevin. And I, I assumed that this was going to set up a match between Mojo Raleigh and Kevin Owens. They brawl. A brawl would ensue. We go to commercial break. Upon coming back from commercial break, Kevin Owens is seen continuing his search for AOP backstage. This, this really dragged on man this this whole little story of kevin owens trying to find the aop is is, is kind of ridiculous man y'all y'all are all in the arena you know the arena i know the arenas are big but come on you, you know where the superstars locker room is you're just walking around backstage 
I mean, this was just dumb, man. I mean, this show. Oh, man. I got a headache. I, I legitimately got a headache as I'm recording this podcast. Because I, I watched it, took my notes, and here I am doing this podcast. Alistair Black. Hold up, hold up. Welcome to a brand new episode of Who Did Akira Tozawa Piss Off? As Alistair Black takes on Akira Tozawa. Nothing to note. Uh, a complete squash. Alistair Black just whoops on Akira Tozawa. And once again, I ask, who did Akira Tozawa piss off? Y'all, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, Lalo underscore THR. That's Lalo underscore the highlight reel on, on Instagram. Or you can send me messages here on Anchor. I'm, I'm available on Spotify, by the way. Um, you know, tune in, baby. We doing it. But yeah, man, um... I don't know what's going on. Akira Tozawa is a very talented Japanese wrestler, strong style, a genuine athlete. And he's just doing the job week after week as well. Um, Humboka Rio is uh, backstage, but he's interrupted rather quickly. Zelina Vega. And then Andrade comes in heated. He's like, Res respeta la muñeca. And he shoves Humberto. This was kind of funny. They were just shoving each other. You know, it didn't lead to any fists or anything like that. This was just build up to their match coming up. Um, and he's Andrade versus Carrillo, man. Um, Andrade at the beginning of the match working Carrillo over. Getting in some strong offense. But Carrillo himself would hit a lot of high spots. Including a big somersault off the ring post to the outside. You know he's got that excellent balance on the ropes. A la Rey Phoenix. Um, and you know. Humberto's offense. His style is actually growing on me. I, I know I described him as like an off brand. Version of uh, Rey Phoenix. But hey man. Carrillo you know. He's, he's pretty good. It, it would be dope to see Rey Phoenix. And Humberto Carrillo mix it up. I'll say that at least for what it's worth. Crossbody galores. Humberto Carrillo. He does a beautiful crossbody. Springboard crossbody, man. It reminds me of Prime Rey Mysterio. He does it so beautifully. He makes his body look completely weightless the way he turns into that crossbody. Um, but then the match was ruined because he hit a very sloppy uh, move known as uh, Aztec Press. If I'm not mistaken, something along those lines. It's basically a... Uh, it's basically like a, a, a body splash off the ropes onto uh, a, an opponent who is, you know, prone on the mat. But he landed on and Andrade's legs. He didn't even land on Andrade's torso. It looked pretty bad. Terrible, terrible, sloppy looking move there. Um, but um, Carillo, Humberto Carillo would pick up the win over Andrade. By some bot shenanigans by Zelina Vega. Didn't I not tell y'all? Did I not tell y'all a couple a couple raw reviews ago? I said it. I said watch. I promise you. Humberto Carrillo is being set up to beat Andrade. Which is going to lead to a feud. And that's exactly what's happening. Nostradamus in the building. You want to know your future? Hit me up. Nah. Anyway. Zelina Vega and Andrade argue post-match to close the segment. I'm, I'm guessing um, they, they might be setting up a, a, a potential split between Andrade and Zelina Vega. And I don't really know how to feel about that. Because on one hand, I do feel like Andrade, you know, would be better off alone. Just because, you know, he wouldn't have the shenanigans no more. And he'd look stronger in matches the ones he wins you know what i mean because he'd be doing it instead of a valet just causing distractions or doing you know moves or you know intermingling in the match but on the other hand i feel like if zelina vega leaves andrade's side andrade's finna be a a, a dead fish in the water you know what i mean he's he's gonna he's he's gonna be he's gonna be gone because he can't talk man i mean I'm not sure how good Andrade's English is. I I've heard that he could speak English. Just not very well, but he could speak English, in fact. But, um, yeah, man, without his mouthpiece, Elena Vega, I, I don't see Andrade really, uh, you know, getting up there, man. Gaining momentum and, and advancing in his career. I don't know. Only time will tell. I know they damn sure will never put... Andrade and Charlotte together you know they're a real life couple but I, I I know for damn well 
WWE will, will not acknowledge on TV that Charlotte and Andrade are a real unit. You know, they're actually a real unit in real life. Which, by the way, is interesting. I wonder how that even works, being that Andrade doesn't really speak English too well. And I'm pretty sure Charlotte don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I know her. I know she and Andrade have gone to Mexico quite a bit. I've seen on their Instagram. Um, you know, so I don't know. Maybe she learned a little something, something. I don't know. Andrade maybe uh, showed her up too. Um, nonetheless, Buddy Murphy takes on a random opponent in Zack Ryder. Where the hell has this guy been? I, I forgot he was even employed. This is a random match, man. And, and and by the way, for this match, Alistair Black appeared backstage. Um, you know, with another one of those weirdo promos that we've become accustomed to. With him saying, buddy, you're going to regret picking a fight with me. Gabbage. We don't want to see that. We want to see Black just knocking dudes out, man. Come on. This shit is ridiculous. Buddy Murphy picks up the win with Zack Ryder. No, nothing to see here. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, man. Um, he's continuing his search for AOP. He he comes across their armored black van that they've been coming out in. And um, he just starts whooping on the van with that lead pipe that Rey Mysterio gifted him. And then, of course, um, AOP ambush him. They bust his head up with the van door. It looked pretty nasty, by the way. That actually looked pretty nasty. And there's actually a chair looking like an office chair in the van, in the back of the van. Someone is sitting on it. And as the chair slowly turns 360 to face us, there's a man in a hoodie. He lifts up the hood that was shrouding his face. And lo and behold, Seth Rollins. Burn it down. He done burnt it all down. It's Seth Rollins' official heel turn. This was the only highlight of the show right here, y'all. You have reached the only bright spot on this three-hour program right here. And this should have closed the show. I, I think... I, I don't understand. I, I mean, I don't understand this entire show. But this, this particular segment should have closed the show. Um, Seth Rollins, you know... He says, you brought this on yourself, Kevin. I'm sorry. And he did a curb stunt on the concrete. Looked pretty cool, man. And, and that was that. And, and here we go. We go to commercial break. We come back. And Seth Rollins makes his way out to, to the ring. Or, or at least up the ramp. He comes out with his music blaring. The fans are booing. You can actually hear some audible CM Punk chants as well. Seth Rollins says, y'all pushed me. Y'all pushed me. He says, what do you want from me? <laughs> he talks about how he's left it all in the ring Only to be spat on and disrespected by the fans He says it really was the truth I had nothing to do with AOP It was the truth But the truth wasn't good enough for any of you He says you wanna push me? Well it's time for Seth freaking Rollins to push back You know I actually dig that man I actually dig that Okay, so we got another bright spot of the show. This is how Seth Rollins should have been acting from for a long time now. For a long time now. And we're finally getting it. We're finally getting something that makes sense on this absolutely redonkulous show right here in Monday Night Raw. The AOP come out to the ring. And Seth Rollins and AOP pose, man. They stand side by side. A new force to be reckoned with as we see Kevin Owens... Being carrying, carried out in an ambulance to end the segment. Seth Rollins should have been healed for quite some time now. But it's good to see that they finally pulled the trigger on this. Um, Kevin Owens, you know, he was seen carried out in an ambulance. Now, this is actually... Um, this is actually to explain why there is no Seth Rollins KO match at TLC. Um, because in real life, legitimately, uh, Seth Rollins is the one that's actually injured. He's got a broken pinky, I've been told. And um, so that's how they wrote out, you know, the payoff not being received at the pay-per-view. So we're not even going to see Seth Rollins and KO duke it out at TLC. Which I don't even think that would have saved this terrible TLC build. I mean, really, this I, I'll, I'll get more into the TLC pay-per-view in the prediction section later on. But nonetheless, um, that's pretty much it, man. The only bright spot of the show. It's all downhill from here. Becky Lynch versus the Kabuki Warriors. 
another handicap match this is the second straight week of monday night raw where we have a handicap match last week it was charlotte versus the kabuki warriors and this week is becky lynch versus the kabuki warriors zero creativity whatsoever i mean really this is this is nonsense man handicap matches are ridiculous they i mean I don't know, man. I don't even know what to say. I didn't even watch this match. All I'm going to say is, as Kyrie Sane did do an insane elbow spot off the top rope to Becky Lynch, who was prone on a on a table on the outside of the ring. This is, I guess this is their best bet to try and promote TLC by seeing a, a table, uh, by seeing a table spot on Raw. But it was a cool spot, but other than that, um, just terrible stuff here. I, I, I could care less. This was basically like a, a, a DQ win for Becky or a no contest. I don't even know the result of this match. And, and, and I could care less, if I'm being honest with y'all. I could care less. Eric Rowan squashes some jobber as he continues um, pedaling around his little story with his animal that he's got in that cage or whatever it is. Um... You know, like I said, I I, I mean, I, I don't care about this storyline either. I'm pretty sure what's in that cage, that little bird cage, is probably one of the puppets from the Firefly Funhouse or something like that. I really don't know, and I, I really don't care. And speaking of I really don't care, Street Profits. <laughs> Street Profits, they have like this brand new uh, news anchor segment on some like Anchorman with Ron Burgundy type of shit. And they're backstage dressed up as news anchors and literally just trying to hype up TLC. This is what we've resorted to. <laughs> this is how desperate WWE is. Because the build-up to TLC has been so terrible that they got now Street Profits dressed up as news anchors in a backstage segment trying to hype up each match on TLC. It doesn't get any more desperate and pathetic than this and, and it wasn't even funny man because street profits they're a joke now they're just they're a joke this is what i was alluding to it's are a joke and i don't be no more i'ma say it like that i'ma say it like that it's gotta be said man T nxt is the place to be that's all i'ma say and street profits they um they got demoted when they when they were brought to raw because look at them now. And TLC, they look good. They look strong. Having great tag team matches. Tag champs on NXT. And here they are on Monday Night Raw. Dressed up as Ron Burgundy news anchors. Trying to, you know, whoring themselves out to try to sell a pay-per-view. Because WWE don't know how to build to pay-per-views anymore. Absolutely pathetic. Absolutely pathetic, man. Here we are, the main event. <clears throat> By this point... You know, AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio are two of some of my most favorite wrestlers of all time. Most especially Rey Rey. And guess what? By this point, I, 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 had, I, I could completely care less about this match. Because this show was just so bad that nothing mattered to me anymore. I don't even care about Rey Mysterio defending his US title. He could have lost. He could have lost tonight. And I would not have cared. I would have continued to yawn and roll my eyes. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's a United States Championship rematch, man. There was there was some shenanigans with the OC on the outside, of course. You know, um, AJ Styles was working Ray up throughout most of the match. Ray had his spurts here and there with his lucha libre vintage offense. You know what I'm saying? And um, Randy Orton, a wild Randy Orton, appeared out of nowhere, Mister Out of Nowhere himself. And he didn't do nothing though. He just slid in the ring as the Viper does, and he winked at AJ Styles. Who was looking befuddled, looking confused, looking unsure. And Ray Ray gets a cheap win with a schoolboy roll-up to close out Monday Night Raw. Wow. Two thumbs down, y'all. Two thumbs down. This was absolutely terrible. Terrible. I mean, Seth Rollins... You know, um, he had the best part of the show. He was the only highlight. His heel turn, which absolutely should have closed the show, by the way. Why is Randy Orton closing the show every week? Why? I, I may never know. I don't understand that. It, it makes no sense. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. But, um, you know, Seth Rollins' heel turn should have closed the show. It would have created a buzz if they left the people 
wondering, you know, and, and watching. I mean, that's the classic heel turn right there. Um, this is the build-up to TLC, man. This is one of the worst build-ups of all time. One of the worst go-home shows of all time. I don't know what to say, man. You know what I mean? Um, Rey Mysterio and um, AJ Styles put on a, a lackluster matchup. And that's the go-home show. Rey Mysterio retaining his U.S. Championship. That's the, that, that's, that's the main event to the go-home show of Raw. What, what, what am I going to... Why, why should I order TLC? Why should I subscribe to the WWE Network to watch TLC? What match on there? What, what, so I could see Becky Lynch and Charlotte take on the Kabuki Warriors? Man, I ain't paying no $10.99 or whatever to, to see Charlotte and Becky Lynch win the tag team championships i don't i don't even care about the women's tag team championships because they haven't been used appropriately you know what i'm saying i mean i was interested in rusev and bobby lashley i'm not gonna lie you know the the raw from the previous week you know um the one where um rusev you know he knocked lashley off the stage and then kicked the the steel uh, reinforcement grid or whatever the hell that thing was. A little set prop, you know, for the whole segment. He kicked it down on Lashley. You know, Lashley was hauled out in an ambulance. And by the way, it seems like they completely, like, sweep that under the rug. Like, how come Lashley isn't showing any injury or any damage from that whole thing? It makes no sense at all. Like... Wow, this is just terrible, man. Terrible. I, I've lost interest in Rusev and Lashley now as well. I mean, the segment tonight with the divorce angle, it was retarded. <laughs> it was just hot garbage, man. I, I I can't. I can't. Nobody benefited from that. You know, just Lana hooting and hollering and, and Rusev just looking like a bitch boy, you know, giving his wife away like that. Bobby Lashley coming out. He has no charisma whatsoever. Bobby La You want to talk about people who need a mouthpiece. Andrade needs a mouthpiece because the man can't speak English. But Bobby Lashley, he can speak English. But he needs a mouthpiece because he doesn't talk right. Like, he just... He don't, he don't have charisma. He's a charisma vacuum. He's the definition of a charisma vacuum. He's not believable at all. He comes out with his mic. Oh, this is ridiculous. And as soon as the divorce is completed, I'm going to marry Lana. I mean, shut your ass up. <laughs> like, you know, he, no charisma. No charisma. He, and, and looking like that, I mean, the dude, I mean, Bobby's jacked. He's one of the most legit wrestlers WWE has. I, I mean, I really, you know, I really believe Lashley should be booked to face Brock Lesnar one-on-one -on -one at WrestleMania. A battle of two... You know, legitimate MMA fighters, cage fighters, two legitimate athletes. But at this rate, Bobby Lashley, I mean, pfft, he's a joke, man. And, and so is Rusev, for that matter. Shit, man. Two thumbs down for Monday Night Raw. Absolutely god-awful. But I don't want to end this episode of the Highlight Reel on a sour note, y'all. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually break down Survivor, uh, excuse me, TLC... I'm going to break it down, um, predictions for all the matches, and I'm going to give you some wrestling news and try to close out on a high note. So let's get into some TLC predictions. The full match card consists of Bray Wyatt versus The Miz in a non-title match, the Women's Tag Team Championship with Becky, Charlotte taking on the Kabuki Warriors, Roman Reigns against King Corbin, all hail, SmackDown Tag Team Championship bout between The New Day and The Revival, Rusev takes on his wifey Sancho Bobby Lashley, Aleister Black Faces off against Buddy Murphy in a grudge match. The SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey takes on Lacey Evans. So for Bray Wyatt and The Miz, I see Bray Wyatt winning this. And no, no, uh, no surprise here. I mean, if Seth uh, Seth Rollins couldn't stop Bray Wyatt with like a billion curb stomps and um, you know all those crazy spots they did in Hell in a Cell and in Saudi Arabia. I don't see what The Miz can possibly do to stop Bray Wyatt. Um, so Bray Wyatt should win this match pretty handily. 
Women's Tag Team Championship with Becky and Charlotte taking on the Kabuki Warriors. Um, man, I, I really want to say the Kabuki Warriors retain, but I'm going to just go with Becky and Charlotte. You know, um, you know, Becky and Charlotte, they, they have nothing to do right now, especially Charlotte. You know what I mean? And um, Corey Graves, like I said, busted his nut all over Charlotte in one of his previous episodes of After the Bell. You know, saying she's like the best athlete WWE has and already the best female wrestler of all time and blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? So um, he wants the queen back. And right now the queen, she's just faltering in the mid card. And so this is going to be, you know, the queen and Becky Lynch having something to do for a little while. So they're going to put the straps on them, I'm assuming. That's my prediction. Becky Lynch will pick up the win here or possibly Charlotte. Either way, they both come out of there as the new women's tag team champions on Raw. Roman Reigns and King Corbin. I haven't do, I haven't been doing SmackDown reviews lately and I haven't even been watching SmackDown lately either. But I can say the last episode of SmackDown that I reviewed that and I actually watched all the way through, I actually enjoyed King Corbin um, kind of roasting Roman Reigns with the little dog, the little Chihuahua dog barking, and the dog mascot, and all. it's been getting pummeled in the ratings as far as people reviewing the whole thing. But I've actually been enjoying it. <laughs> Call me what you will. Like I said, I, I mean, I've been enjoying it. Um, nonetheless, I see Roman Reigns defeating King Corbin. There, there's no way after seemingly a long time now, Corbin embarrassing Reigns. With dog mascots and shoving dog food in his mouth and, and all this, you know, jibber-jabber. I see Roman Reigns redeeming himself in this matchup here. If Roman Reigns were to lose, it would, it would definitely surprise me. The SmackDown Tag Team Championship with the New Day and the Revival. Uh, uh, it's another, this is another case where I, I want to say the Revival wins. Because I, I really, I feel like the New Day's act has just run its course a long time ago as i've stated before um but nonetheless nonetheless man um maybe uh they pull out a good match i mean revival is a good tag team i've said it i put them over big on my smackdown review I, it actually makes me laugh when i when i've listened to it um but i see the new day retaining they got a brand new podcast on the wwe um podcasting network if you will you know which by the way i highly recommend y'all to check it out the new day's podcast the new day feel the power on spotify itunes etc etc my podcast is available on there too by the way <laughs> just saying you know i gotta plug myself too um nonetheless um new day have a brand new podcast out man which is already like the number one podcast in wwe's network of podcasts um you know so far they only have uh after the bell and and the new day i don't know if stone cold's broken skull sessions is a podcast I, I don't see it on spotify or anything i think it's a network exclusive you feel me so that's why the new days is already number one so i don't i don't think they're gonna drop the titles just yet you know what i'm saying they just got a brand new podcast why well, how are they gonna drop the titles after that you know what i mean i, I mean that's my logic anyway maybe it's flawed rusev and bobby lashley Bobby Lashley's gonna win this match. It's predictable. You know, Rusev, like I said, he he did a belly to belly suplex on Lashley onto a table where they did their terrible divorce contract signing segment um with Lana. Um, you know, so I, I don't see Lashley losing after he already got put through a table on Raw. That would be kind of counterproductive. You know, that's just booking 101. You, you can't have a guy lose on a pay-per-view after he already got a beatdown on your weekly wrestling show. That's just booking 101. You just can't do that. It's redundant. You know, that would leave Lashley dead in the water. I mean, um, so I, I see Lashley winning and perhaps maybe some shenanigans with Lana. She's going to get involved. Maybe Lana's going to get put in that camel clutch. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually like to see that. Rusev smash or whatever he said. Rusev machka. And does that camel clutch on Lana. And then Bobby Lashley bugs out. You know what I'm saying? Does that sky high D'Lo Brown style for the win. And there you have it. Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy. Does anybody care about this match? Raise your hand. I don't see no hands raised. Alistair Black's going to win this match. Nothing to see here. I'll be surprised if Buddy Murphy wins. I suppose um, 
Maybe it makes more sense for Buddy Mur Murphy to win, though, because they're trying to feud, right? This is trying to be a little rivalry, and if Black wins, that'll basically be the end of it. So actually, now, th now that I actually put a little bit of thought into it, maybe Buddy Murphy winning makes more sense. I I'm still going to roll with Aleister Black, though. I I'm still going to roll with him. It's, it's hard to imagine him losing to Buddy Murphy. The SmackDown Women's Championship bout. Uh, potentially the main event of the show. I, I hope not. Um, we've seen... Um, the women main event uh survivor series with decent match with becky lynch and um becky lynch bailey and uh shayna baszler uh nonetheless uh bailey's gonna win this match I, I don't see why they would put the title on lacey evans especially after bailey just had a big heel turn one of the only bright spots on on smackdown as well i mean according to a lot of people um i i actually enjoyed smackdown the last time that i watched it which is like a few weeks back or so um nonetheless bailey man i i, I predict bailey to pick up the victory here overall so uh, tlc I don't know why I keep wanting to say Survivor Series. I guess because Survivor Series was such a good pay-per-view. I, I can't get it off my mind. But TLC, this is the lineup for TLC, y'all. You heard it here first. My predictions. It's going down this Sunday. I'll be watching for the sake of this podcast. <laughs> and nothing more. I'm not really excited for any of the matches on this card. So I'm going to take a quick break and come at you with some wrestling news to close out the pod. Right, man. You know, a few news stories here to cover. Um, I, I just read that Primo Colon of, uh, you know, the the Cologne family, the wrestling dynasty, which my man Carlitos is a part of. Um, where Where is Carlito at, by the way? Who knows? But, um, you know, I miss him. He, he was one of my favorites back in the day. Anyway, nonetheless, Primo Colon and the glorious one himself, Robert Roode have been officially suspended for 30 days for violating WWE's wellness policy. WWE confirmed these suspensions on their corporate website stating this is the first violation for of the wellness policy for both men respectively. Um, you know what man, um, as for Primo Colon, I don't think this really matters for him because he's not been used anyway. When, when's the last time, legitimately, legitimately, when's the last time Primo Colon had a match when's the last time he's been on wwe tv i mean I, i'm pretty sure you know he's had some shtick with r-truth chasing the the 24 7 garbage title i'm pretty sure I, I would i would be surprised if he hasn't been included in it as part of those many superstars running around chasing after r-truth for the belt for the belt um but besides that Primo hasn't been used, and, and this doesn't matter to him. I, I don't even think he cares. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I highly doubt Primo Colon even cares about this suspension. Now, as for the glorious one, Robert Roode, man, how the mighty have fallen, right? I remember Robert Roode and TNA Impact back in the day. I used to say it. I used to say it. My little teenager self, I used to say it. Hey, man, Robert Roode should be TNA's version of triple h a cerebral assassin who just plows through everybody you know um the game of tna you know robert rude i mean he's got the look always has has the charisma he's decent he's solid in the ring um in wwe he has one of the best theme songs that glorious tune man i mean it's 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 really really cool man but i mean robert rude i don't know what this means for him because he's kind of like in limbo, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I know they had Robert Roode teaming with Dolph Ziggler. Rudolph, very clever. <laughs> Not. Um, you know, Dolph Ziggler's always going to be around. You know, he's like a lifer there with WWE. He's, he's a, a utility guy, man. He's just the guy that they use to put over other guys and occasionally put on those epic matches that he can do with pretty much just about anybody Dolph Ziggler's the main man man he's he's the main utility guy is what I call him um but as for Robert Roode um I don't see a I don't see much of a future for Roode at this point man anyway and this violation of the policy you know it's just it's just um another nail in his coffin you know I, I don't see Robert Roode doing anything meaningful in WWE in the foreseeable future anyway at this point 
Lana claims that CM Punk, his latest tweet and comments on WWE Backstage on FS1 was misogynistic. And this was regarding the Lana, Lucia, uh, Lana Lashley Rusev angle. CM Punk tweeted verbatim, quote, Loser keeps Lana match. Just booked you through Mania, chica. You're welcome. And he, he you know, he at Lana in this post. And Lana tweeted back. She fired back saying, quote, I know you've been away from WWE for several years. Perhaps moving forward, you will favor... WWE and FS1 by refraining from misogynistic comments like Chica. Thank you. First of all, Chica isn't isn't uh, degrading in any way whatsoever. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Spanish speaker myself. I can tell you Chica is not a degrading comment at all. It, it, you know, Chica or Chico is, is, is just little boy or little girl. A ain't nothing misogynistic about it. You know what I mean? Um... If, if, if CM Punk were to call her Sancho Bobby Lashley a chica, that's another story. You know, a perra, a chavala. A chica is not degrading in any way, so I, I don't even know what she's going on about. I, I really think this is just this is just Lana trying to continue to her character. She's She's working. She's working. You know what I'm saying? This is the heel Lana persona coming out in in social media she loves the attention she's all about the glamour she's all about making some noise and that's all this is that's that's my opinion on it i don't i don't really think this news story is anything to write home about um i i just think it's all you know it's all part of it's all a work it's all a work you know at least on her end you know what i'm saying i know cm punk he's got no filters he's always gonna speak his mind he's always gonna tell it how it needs to be done you know how it needs to be told but lana you know she's working I, that's what I think. I don't think she's genuinely offended or anything by Chica. And if she is, she's, she's you know, she's clueless. Get a clue. Get a clue because Chica isn't <laughs> degrading or any form of, of disrespect. Um, it, it really isn't. Lighten up. Grow up, man. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's break down the Hall of Fame inductees that have been announced so far. We got NWO with X-Pac, Hogan Hall, and Nash being put in. Um, now, X-Pac is a really random insertion here in, into this. I, I really think if the NWO is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, it ought to be Hogan, Hall, and Nash. Just the trio of them. The original NWO trio. I don't know why X-Pac had to be inserted into this. I, I know he had a stint in NWO, as did like about a hundred other guys, really. I mean, NWO, they, they became a massive faction in the later years. Which really kind of ruined the, the luster it had to begin with. With Hall, Nash, and Hogan. Uh, but X-Pac, out of all the hundreds of NWO members, seemingly, that were in the group, X-Pac was put into this? Nah, man, nah. I don't know why. I, I know X-Pac, he's good friends with Triple H. I think that's all this is. He's good friends with Triple H, good friends with Nash and Hall. and They probably pushed for him to be in there. But he has no business being inducted with NWO. Now the DX induction, I understand. I get that because X-Pac was a, a notable member of D-Generation X. You know what I'm saying? Um uh he really took those crotch chops seriously. <laughs> he come out to the ring crotch chopping and sticking his tongue out, you know, like a little dog, perro. Um but yeah, man, um you know, X-Pac being inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, with NWO, it, it just it comes off to me as really forced and random. I, I know the big wigs just wanted him in there because they, they're friends. That's all this is. He didn't do nothing notable with NWO. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. A any listeners out there, chime in. You know, what, what did X-Pac do with NWO that warrants him getting put in? I would have rather seen Virgil. <laughs> Virgil, get put in, man. <laughs> Give a... Uh, Give Virgil his dues, man. He would have been more worthy of an NWO Hall of Fame induction than X-Pac, if you ask me. Not to mention the Giant, a.k.a. the Big Show. Uh, I mean, a, a number of guys. A number of guys, man. I, I don't understand that. As for who is going to induct NWO, obviously, you know, the cat isn't out of the bag yet. But I'd imagine Eric Bischoff to be a... Uh, number one contender to induct nwo it, it just makes sense it just makes sense you know eric bischoff um 
you know, he, um, I believe he put together NWO. The whole angle was the mastermind Eric Bischoff. You know what I mean? Um, so that's that. Batista, the animal unleashed. Batista, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame the, uh, next year. And, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the main event Hall of Famer. You know how they, they introduce all the Hall of Famers, but the, the last one is the main event he's basically like the showpiece of the hall of fame or whatever the showcase you know the main one i'm pretty sure he'd probably be in there as the main guy getting inducted um i was actually told that he wants to be inducted by finley now that's very interesting there that's pretty interesting it's random i wonder why i'm wondering if maybe finley trained him you know and um but it's still interesting because out of all the people that Batista could have had inducted him, I mean, Triple H, Ric Flair, uh, perhaps Randy Orton, maybe even, you know, his evolution buds. I mean, you know, I, I don't understand why specifically Finley, he, he has requested as someone he wants to induct, induct him. It'll be interesting to see nonetheless. I ain't seen Finley in a while. My name is Finley. And I love to fight. <laughs> I used to rock with him back in the day, though. That theme song, you know, the Irish, the Celtic music, you know what I'm saying? And Finley, his no-nonsense demeanor, coming out to the ring, looking ready to whoop somebody's ass. Hey, Finley ain't nothing to fuck with, boy. I'm telling you right now, Fit Finley ain't nothing to fuck with. He will whoop your ass, <laughs> I'm telling you. You know, he's just got that look about him. Like, like you know, he's a no-nonsense dude who will whoop anybody's ass if they piss him off. So, there you have it, y'all. Those are the Hall of Fame inductions so far. That's the wrestling news. 2020 is going down. WrestleMania in Tampa, Florida. Good Lord. Hopefully, we have a, a better build-up to WrestleMania than we've had for TLC. That's all I'm going to say there. You know, I know WrestleMania itself even has become kind of bit lackluster. It's it's lost some of its luster, you feel me? I just think WrestleMania is too damn long. I'm already thinking about doing a podcast when I when I, when WrestleMania happens and I have to do the review for it on this podcast. That's it's going to be like 10 hours long. I mean, I ain't got that kind of time. I'm going to have to watch WrestleMania in like three parts just to get through it. Watch, watch uh, four hours one day, four hours the next day. I mean, it's insane. It's insanity. It is insanity. But we love this show. We love wrestling, man. Wrestling is uh, it's an art form. It's entertainment. It's a male soap opera. It's, it's out there. It's why we love it. And it's why I love y'all. Thank you for tuning in to the Highlight Reel, y'all. I'll be back with AEW Dynamite, all the highlights, and much more very soon. Adios. I'm out, you.